Welcome back to Never Watch Alone Again. I'm your host, Tim Lifehide, and boy, uh, we are starting off with some fun stuff. Welcome to Fucked Up February, where we're going to be watching the most fucked up movies you've probably never heard of. I really hope for, for those of you listening out there have, because, uh, yeah, we're about to get weird. Uh, and fittingly so, because uh, by the time this is released, it will have been my birthday. I am now a man. I am now, how old am I? I think I'm 28. I think it's 28 or 27. You know, that's the thing, because uh, joining me here is Sean, as always. But uh, Sean, I stopped for you because of the horrors of 2020. Yeah, for real. Dude. Oh, dude, no one has any sense of time anymore. But um, <laughs> but I think you can agree, Sean, like after you turn like 22, 25, somewhere in there, you just constantly forget how old you are because nothing matters anymore. A little bit. <laughs> well for my my special birthday episode we are watching probably one of the great masterpieces uh, underground cinema masterpieces and by far one of the weirdest movies i've ever seen and i've seen a lot of movies i mean you should know be by now uh alejandro jodorowsky's the holy mountain so uh, I, I would agree it is definitely one of the I, I will put the caveat there it's one of the weirdest narrative movies you will ever see yes yes that is a very big distinction and i feel like that's a, probably a better thing because you know there's a lot of experimental movies that just have no shape or form whereas this one we can actually kind of talk in like a cohesive is Se semi-cohesive manner right at least as but, long as yes. this will allow because i always it's always a kind of a tightrope there it's like one of the weirdest movies ever oh it was an experimental film so of course it's just weird for weird sake like yeah weird narrative film is its own special area of weirdness that is to be enjoyed and <laughs> and <endured>. relished <laughs> and honestly we need more films like these because like, we're going to be doing you know you know, February is always a notoriously short month, hence why February babies like myself, uh, they are the best babies because we are the rarest. <laughs> um, but that said, there's going to be a lot of uh, 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 weird movies to come this month. And I just want to say, because I'm going to be saying it all month, so you're going to get sick of me saying this all month. So I'll just start. But we need more movies like this. <laughs> we need more weird shit that not like something that only as a fucked up critter uh, such as a human being could conjure up you know we need more because that's the other weird thing about these weird movies is they're all steeply rooted in humanity and that's also something we need more of these days you know especially in light of that year <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, well, so talking about the Holy Mountain, uh, I'm actually curious how you uh, first heard about this, because it might be different than mine, but I want to hear uh, all about oh, it. Oh, you will be quite surprised how I first saw this. Please so, tell. For, for those of you that don't know, um, Tim and I met uh, when he was still in school at BG through him doing some work. And but for those of you listening, that's Bowling Green University in Ohio. But then he started coming out to the club where, at the time, I was a photographer. 
Yep. For an industrial night. And uh, the, the, the head DJ there would like to, uh, he was also known as the visual terrorist and would put a lot of weird messed up <laughs> stuff on the screens. And one night he started playing the Holy Mountain. I had never seen this movie, but I was heavily intrigued. Yes. And, and went out and found a copy to download and watch because I'm like, I have to know what this is. So that's and how I came to it. <laughs> now, what was your first experience with it? Because um, that's the thing about this movie. It is an experience. My first experience, honestly, was like kind of baffling because like it's so... As a background stuff going on in a club where you're not hearing the audio and you have all this, you know, pounding music going on, there's so much weird stuff happening that it's like, okay, like, I'm interested. Then you start watching it and you're like, what? What are they doing here? <laughs> like, they're playing this seriously. Like, okay, I get your play. Like, what is the point? And then it's like, it's switching from philosophy so quickly. And so I'm just like, uh, oh my, like as somebody who has had, um, uh, who is religious and had a religious upbringing that I, you know, definitely had some departures from at different points in my life. But again, still watching something of this nature was just like, t t what? Yeah, and then the absolute brilliance at, 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 at the culmination of it. So yeah oh man dude the, the the ending is just yeah one of those things um honestly out there for you know those uh because we tend to spoil things constantly so if you haven't seen it highly recommend that you just go out watch it and then come back here and watch it again and maybe you'll get something because i guarantee you your first time watching this you're gonna be like what the fuck did i just watch someone <laughs> talk to me about this then you come that's when you come back here we'll talk to you about it and then you'll be like, ah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I'm trying to think when I first heard about. It. I think I the first thing I time I heard about this, I didn't hear about the this movie specifically first. I heard about Alejandro Jodorowsky first, because uh, uh, if you ever seen the um, the brilliant documentary called Jodorowsky's Dune, where it talks about. Uh, uh, his failed attempt at bringing Frank Herbert's uh, uh, novel to the screen back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it, honestly, I can't recommend that documentary enough. It's not just for film lovers, but for anyone who loves science fiction. The book that him and his producers and uh, Mobius, he actually got the French uh, comic book artist Mobius to work on it. Uh, the storyboarded film book that they made is probably the Ark of the Covenant of science fiction out there. I, I, I really should, I probably should do like an entire episode on this because it's amazing. I guess uh, uh, I'll, um, uh, I will have to do that as like a mini episode later in the future. But that said, uh, I saw, you know, his history and whatnot, like he did El Topo and then he did the Holy Mountain uh, and I was beyond fascinated with this guy. I thought he was a mad genius, uh, even to the point where comparing him almost to like a Chilean uh, uh, modern day filmmaker, Salvatore Dali, 
in all of himself. Because he was really that weird. And cr crazy enough, he actually met Dali uh, to do to work on Dune. But again, another story. Uh, so I actually wound up getting El Topo and the Holy Mountain. And it just sat on my shelf for a little while. Uh, and one evening, I looked at my, my, my fiancé, my wife, just like, you want to watch a really fucked up weird movie? And she's like, yeah! <laughs> Let's watch it! <laughs> and so we, I sat it down and we proceeded to watch this thing. And we were just flabbergasted at the absurd imagery and sounds and presentation. We didn't understand any of it, but we were having a hell of a good time. Oh, yes. Uh we didn't understand why we we're having a good time necessarily, but we were just enjoying the weirdness for almost weirdness sake. And it wasn't until later that we also, found out. I would, yeah. I, I would like to direct to anyone joining us at home. Pretty much every fucked up movie out there. If you search on the internet, you can find a drinking game to go with it. So if you need yeah. to pick it up a notch, have some fun. Uh, with this movie, I, I would recommend shrooms or, <laughs> Because it's you're, that you're weird. <laughs> I, I get some uppers, not the downer. Because <laughs> this is, yeah, this is where it gets really trippy and uppers, fun. Downers, screamers, laughers. <laughs> this is where it gets really trippy and fun, you guys. Uh, what, like Coachella? It's a lot like Coachella! <laughs> so, wait, but wait, I, wait. I don't remember Jeff Goldblum showing up at this. Oh my god, can you imagine if he if, if they remade this and he did? <laughs> I really hope I really hope that wasn't they they never remake this because this is no. such a unique no. thing. But uh yeah, so we want watch it and when we got to the end, and like I said, spoilers, if you haven't seen this is your final warning, go fucking watch it now and then come back to us. But at the end, um when they just turn to the camera and be like, This is a film go out and live your life i'm like what's this movie an entire tr just one giant troll yes. <laughs> and it, in a weird way in retrospect it kind of was <laughs> so... well and, and what i love about it though is that like again while you say it can't be re it should not be remade you have to think about the time i mean mm -hmm. this came out in the early 70s this is a time you know it's like the Beatles had their guru phase. Like yes. the hippie movement was, you know, closing out and swing. finishing. So it's like this is coming on the heels of this time where there was this hyper sense of spiritualism attached to nothing going on in this country. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and plus we were literally just in the final stages of the Vietnam War by this point too. Yes. Um, and although, again, I wouldn't try to tie too much of uh, this movie with the United States history just because it was made by a Chilean and it is a predominantly Mexican film, even though it is mostly in English or rather. Well, for sure. I but the <clears throat> I, I, I'm just saying the that kind of culture, you know, the, culture... the Beatles are not inherently American. I mean, oh, of they, course they not. They're British. International sensation. And, you know, when you look at you know, what was going on with music, which was huge around the world. You also had, you know, the Stones doing their whole, like, satanic majesty thing. And you had all these different aspects everywhere in pop culture of embracing a level of spiritualism, but for no point. Yeah, like no actually, belief, you're right. No care, just like, 
here it is. For nihilistic what? spiritualism is probably what it was. And nihilistic spiritualism, in a weird way, if you take spiritualism plus nihilism, that would equal absurdism, which is this movie. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> so... Uh yeah, should we get this uh this weird train a rolling? Because this yes. this is probably out of all the selection we have for this month, this one's probably the strongest. I think maybe we'll see where we get there yeah. by the end of the uh the the month. Oh, no, no, but... I, I definitely would say this is this is probably a, a a front runner, and I think it's as I as we already kind of mentioned, I think it's a front runner for probably one of the most messed up narrative movies you'll ever watch. So. Oh yeah, dude, totally. When I saw that uh, my birthday was coincided with uh, a, a date of publication for this, I'm like, I got to do a birthday movie. And if I'm going to do one, I want it to be super fucked up and weird. And one that most people probably haven't heard of. And I want to draw attention to it because the <laughs> shit needs to be seen. It's amazing. So that said, uh, the, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I kind of doubt it if it is, but if you can find it on like Ven, like uh, uh, on uh, what, 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 what's the uh, the, the, the V, <laughs> the fuck the, the fucking streaming service uh, where you pay. Well, either uh, way, if you either way, uh, well, uh, any streaming services, if you can find uh, find it, uh, and it's like you know three four bucks, so you can find it in Redbox wherever. Just honestly, it's worth like that okay. little bit of money interestingly enough because yes. we are recording this you know uh a good month prior to it being released yeah but at the moment it is streaming on flix fling and is available for rent on amazon oh wonderful yeah so just you know just like uh, throw a couple bucks their way or you can find a blu-ray copy i know there's like a couple uh areas around there we're watching a blu-ray rip of it um, but that said, I hope you guys got a copy ready to go because we are starting this bad boy in three, two, one, click. And right away, we're going to go on a ride. <laughs> Dude, look at these. This, the, You know, I, it, now it, it actually dawns upon me that to do a commentary track of this movie is to take away from the spiritual essence of this <laughs> in a very you know because this movie is weirdly hypnotic especially in this opening sequence cuz so interestingly these movements are actually from a japanese tea ritual yeah and you can kind of see that it is very ritualistic he is like virtually every motion of the hand, the arms, everything, even down to his fingers, feels rehearsed as if taking steps in the ritual. And there's our title drop. But I actually want to talk to you, Sean, mostly about, because again, how this movie was made is not very interesting. Honestly, it was just... Um, you know, one of the Beatles managers saw El Topo uh, and decided, <laughs> give this man all of the money he needs to make another movie. And this is the result. Um, so it's less of about how it was made. And it's more of what the hell we're seeing. 
So I really want to know what were your thoughts and feelings upon watching these images unfold before your eyes? Because what does well, all this what does all this mean, Sean? Uncle Sean, tell us what it means. Well, that's just it. It's just like you're watching it and you're just kind of like, okay, there's there's chanting. There's obviously this idea of some kind of spiritualism going on but as you said okay what does it mean that's the that's the enduring question of this movie when you're first watching it for real honestly doing something but i don't know what it means it's honestly it feels like it's the design of this entire movie to ask what do these images mean which is something we so don't do these days you know we often yeah. we are really visually sophisticated these days, but we are also simultaneously totally visually illiterate. And what I mean by that is we are really great at creating these fantastical images, but thinking through what actual those actual images mean, not so much. Right. And this movie is an the ultimate challenge to that uh, ideology because every single shot seems to be you must fill in what this means and you know what a lot of people because uh, i know there are a lot of people who are like oh i don't know what this means like it's too abstract like you gotta just say it i just want to be entertained uh honestly no this movie does give you the benefit of the doubt if you have some knowledge and you've got a little bit of uh, not just history but also spiritualism and religion and whatnot like actual religious history and education and not just you know blind following or whatever um you can pick up on the ideas that they're trying to do here. Oh yeah, that's this is cool. Because like uh, even the opening, which we saw with those two women, was supposed to be a kind of uh, stripping away of the vanity. You know, getting rid of the hair, the dresses, the nails, the, makeup. the, the jewelry, the makeup. Exactly, the fool in the tarot, the, the fool tarot card. Um, I don't know how well your tarot card reading is. This is something that uh, either my fiance or my sister would be into because they they do some tarot card readings, but I don't. I'm sadly I'm not a witch. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really good Christ symbolism here, right? And as a matter of fact, the uh, the protagonist here, um, not to be confused with Tenants, the protagonist, um, but uh, he, he's very much supposed to be a Christ-like figure, not just in the way he looks, but also the way he's presented. Well, if this doesn't scream Jesus imagery, I don't know what does. So again, what do you think's going on here, Sean? Because I'm always thinking of... Because, again, we're watching... We're both watching this in retrospect. Right. So it's easier to understand when you when you've already seen it. But watching it unfold for the first time is like a, just yeah. Well, it, it it's a it's an it's a acid it's a spiritual acid trip. Um, but as far as what I'm seeing here, I'm kind of seeing this 
as uh, the Christ figure here, sort of like as what we were coming into this movie. We were uh, the thief left for dead and ready and and every man if you are in need of a spiritual cleansing because i think that's what he's really all about he's kind of supposed to be the audience you know what i mean yeah like, a bit. he's look alejandro's looking at us like we are we are, are filthy and, and we uh, need and to I be mean, cleansed this transition is just like wait what yeah, I know, right? There's a lot of that, though. A lot of that. It's like, now there's there's guns and gas masks. And shooting... Oil. <laughs> well, honestly, this is some military-industrial complex kind of symbolism here. Oh, yeah. Along with the uh, the rich and powerful. I'm pretty sure that guy in the sunglasses was Donald Trump. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the flayed animals... Borrowed from and later sold in a butcher shop. Yes. Really is kind of amazing when you have like, you know, you're given $700,000 to make a movie and this is what you do with it. Right. And then you have tourists just yep. kind of reveling in the destruction of the young. I mean, I think it's just reveling in the destruction, period. Yeah. Because I think uh, a lot of it, because if you noticed how the the uh, the kids were shot, or, or dressed, rather, the, the, the people who were sh uh, shot, uh, not, like, from a camera's perspective, I mean from, like, a, uh, a, a gun, but they all look like students. Like, they're all student uniforms, almost. Yeah. And instead of bleeding blood, they bleed paint and have. Uh, and, uh, I mean, this this right here is just like. <laughs> well, th well, this is just kind of, to me, like uh, you know, again, reveling in the obscenities of what human beings are. Yeah. And how normal it is, really. Oh, and this bit. The, now, this is a great history lesson for you guys. The Mexican uh, conquest from the conquistadors, which was uh, not very... It was. It's not a, a child-friendly event, shall we say. It's often glossed over in history books, but it's kind of fucking awful. peaceful uh the other uh, peaceful mayan people in mexico at the time as portrayed by the uh, the frogs and the toads it's such a strange presentation but boy the, does this really get the history right or at least the um, spiritual truth i think I mean, but they weren't exactly peaceful. Just throwing that out there. Well, I meant the well. It's it's showing them 
through the uh, the the history of Mexico, because uh, yeah. the the Mayan the, the Mayan people were just kind of minding their own business, really. I mean, yes. what what's what society? Yes, I would I, yes, I would not call them peaceful, but they were definitely not uh, evangelical, shall we say? Yeah, you know what? I think that's what it is. Is like they're showing them to be their old. Because remember, this movie was made in Mexico, so it's showing them to be their heritage. Because there is no, you know, there's the conquistadors, um, yep. but. The, uh, the they, I think it's more in reverence to what they were because let's be honest, no human society is uh, is peaceful, like not even right. the Native Americans were. And now here they come to be to occupy them because this is another thing because it's because again this is more all about ideas than actual essence i think and um do you actually know a whole lot about yodorowsky's past not a ton no so apparently he moved around quite a bit and he because this dude he's a lot older than you might know he's he's actually going to be turning 92 this month oh wow yeah so he's been around a long time and of course like i said he's chilean originally uh but he would saw firsthand the uh imperial uh colonialism of american industrialism and the poor treatment by his people through the american military so he's very much against idealisms of imperialism and colonialism and this is his bizarre you know vaguely dalian expression of that distaste through the eyes of the conquistador uh invasion of the mayans and of ultimately the destruction here this is the one part that always bothered me like they're literally blowing up live live animals yeah that's the, that's the one part that always kind of bar really bothered me about this movie of course yodorowsky is while he's a mad genius that essence of madness can still come into question every once in a while. Did you hear what he did on uh, El Topo? What specifically? Uh, well, even though it was, he did tell exactly what his actress was going to do. There was a scene where it was just him, his leading actress, and his cameraman. And he basically raped her on camera. Now, granted, he told her, huh? I said Hachi Machi. <laughs> he, oh, yes. But uh, he, he essentially told her exactly what he was going to do. But either way, it was. A, a to yeah, he's got some weird ideologies of sexual aggression and rape because, uh, well, it, it and it, it's not really because he's just like a weird perv or anything. It's just that. He's, I think he's just has this weird fucked up expression, as you can clearly see throughout this movie, um, that because he because uh, he's actually the result of a uh, physical rape from his mother through his father. And mm. he was abused by his father throughout his childhood and um, had and, and had uh, was uh, uh, usually comforted through kindness through his sister. 
So when you understand his upbringing and his, like the man himself, a lot of this shit makes sense, sort of. I don't want to condone or condemn him, but right. yeah, it's just one of those things that it is what it is. But anyway, back to the uh, the symbolism of the movie. Uh, so what the hell do you think's going on here, Sean? Because this is another really great commentary, visual commentary, I think, on Christianity here. Well, right. I mean, it's the the exploitation. Yes, the exploitation of the Christ figure, where, yeah, they have the image of Christ, but as you can see, they're about to mass produce it to a point where literally the meaning has has no meaning anymore. The original intent yep. is no more. And of course, because it's Yodorowsky, we're going to do it in the most weird, bizarre way ever. I don't... Do you understand the potato connection? Because that's still a mystery to me. Uh, not specifically, but I think it may have been like, that's what they fermented to get the alcohol that got him drunk that they can now do this with. So it's like part of their whole process. Like they ferment that, they get them drunk, and then they can do stuff like this to then mass produce stuff. Huh. Okay. That that was my personal take on it, but yeah, because I mean, uh, honestly, there could be other other symbolism I don't understand. That's part of the whole point of this movie is that oh, another there's so image. much symbolism stacked all on top of each other from all sorts of religious aspects. That's just like welp. Yep. But here's another really great turn subversion of this image. Because we all know, uh, well, well, I forget the, the actual name of the statue. What was it? Because um, you know what I'm talking about, right? The, I'm the, not the, sure. The, Vir the Virgin Mary uh, cradling the de uh, oh, dead Jesus. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what um, you're talking about. I, 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 uh, I wish I had my old host Hannah here because she is way better versed in art history than I am. Um, but uh, yeah, she's out in uh, um, on the the, uh, the 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 East Coast right now. Yeah, like, but, as soon as you mention it, I know exactly the piece you're referring to, but I couldn't tell you who made it. <laughs> uh, I I should know because I've seen that in so many referenced so many times in film literature and other pieces of art but yeah this i mean that would drive you crazy too if you woke up surrounded by statues of yourself yeah and also like you know how people talk about the second coming of christ and all that kind of stuff and it's just like look if jesus truly came back especially the jesus that we know with all of his human memories back how fucking traumatizing would it be for people to shove crosses in your face all day, knowing that's how you were executed and crucified on? All right, Bill Hicks. <laughs> yeah, I know where you got that joke. Don't don't even start. Yeah, I will admit I stole that a little bit. But it's true, though. I mean, it doesn't take away from the essence of truth. And it's also fitting that, you know, that it was the Romans who uh, oh, yeah. who started all of it. There's another thing that really um, made me think, like, wow, can you imagine all the work that it took to make all of those for this shot? 
So remember, this is 73. There's no visual effects, yeah. no special effects, no nothing. Like, yeah, it, 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 yeah, those things did exist back then, but all this shit was done in camera, man. So to see all that work <laughs> is actually kind of impressive. And, the, and of the, course, I love the just the strange juxtaposition between modern and ancient that is perpetually thrown into this movie. Yeah, and of course how how these uh, uh, these women of what I believe is the Catholic Church. I think that's what he's referencing more specifically, but how the it's kind of almost sexualized and I, I think the word is fetish. We have a Catholic fetish. And right here, we're calling out the priests. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. But it's supposed yes. to be uncomfortable, you guys. Remember, more movies like this. Because we need people to tell us these things, especially in the most intriguing of ways. And this right here is just like, what? What do you think that, what do you make of this image? Because there is some deep levels here, and even I don't know how to quite dissect this. Well, I mean, for me, it's, it's you know, by physically giving the eye, it is representing, you know, the, the inappropriate infatuation uh, in a you physical know, yeah, sense. That's, that's, you just said it. It's, he, he, uh, he is basically saying to this young girl in a very uncomfortable way, you are the apple of my eye. Yeah. But yeah, I, and I also think think that I love here how we have uh, a bit of uh, Mary Magdalene in this woman here, especially with the cleaning of the feet. Yeah. Although I'm not sure what the uh, uh, the the green well yeah, there was green again, paint again. It's just like that that was weird. Yeah, and you're also not entirely sure what the ape represents. I think the ape might represent. Uh, uh, the uh, the whole darwinistic theory of evolution see, but here here is an interesting question because he, he's holding the statue of himself but something that was mass produced so now are we talking about like he is now carrying the the sins of capitalism there's so many wonderful layers see right. guys if you're for those of you out there listening start typing man like start <laughs> commenting because i want to hear there's so many different ways you can do this i mean like well, here and, th and this this right here you know obviously the old ideology that the oppressed love their oppressors or and you can even read it as like you know how uh people react to the blue lives matter movement here like we are literally yeah. dancing with the uh the people that oppress us like this or that we uh are being are courting with the police and the established figures uh, or authority figures there's so many ways you could do it read it and look of course even the scripture is tainted decaying and the you know the actual place of reverence not the glitz not the the opulence the actual place of reverence has been forgotten and is decaying and is covered in cobwebs but that is where he takes his representation. Because after all, let's be honest, if Jesus did walk the earth again, he'd be in the seediest, low, lowest places doing good. 
Now I'm not entirely sure what this is. <laughs> oh, how are you not? How yeah, you... <laughs> you know that's that's right. <laughs> you know that's the other really refreshing thing is that we're talking about all these deep meanings and you know ideologies of religious history and all this stuff, and yet. This movie doesn't take itself too seriously. It actually wants you to kind of laugh at it in a weird way. It it, yeah. it keeps that silly playfulness because, you know, and because, again, these things are deeply rooted in humanity. And what's humanity and, and right without here, laughter? I'm just like, I don't know where we went, but this kind of works in the modern everything is cake era. It does. Oh, my God. You're right. Everything is cake. Although I think... Uh, I think that actually might be potato. It could be. I don't know. Honestly, there's, oh, there's so many weird things you could latch onto this. Clearly, we're not on enough drugs. <laughs> well, granted, you know, Yodorowsky has never shied away the fact that he takes a lot of shrooms and a lot of LSD. But he's never gratuitous about it. He always, because, you know, he, he's spoken about this a lot in interviews and whatnot. Um, the way he uses drugs is a very, mystic, uh, you know, mysticism and spiritual kind of uh, way. And it, in a weird, it, it really is his religion. Like, you hear about all these stoners like, oh, fucking weed is my religion, man. For him, it truly is, you know. Um, and in that sense, he's trying to because he's tried to do this with all of his movies really if you've seen any of them uh he tries to make experiences that you feel like you're taking drugs but you're not really right <laughs> he's trying to bring that sense of spiritual psychological mysticism to cinema which is why we need more movies like this oh the, yes the gold from above And now he's ascending to the heavens. But I like the fact that you see him very much eschewing, throwing away the offerings to the yeah. God. Because it's like, no, no, no. And taking a knife, he's like, I don't want to give things to God. I want to be the God. Or rather kill him. Sort of like a weird well, Oedipus yes, complex. Well, kill him, but to become him. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Or maybe just to kill him to say, fuck you. I don't know. But can you, like, can we appreciate how hypnotically tall this is? I'm not entirely sure if it really is this tall or if it's just like a right. trick of the lens or anything. It's hard to and tell. And there she sits, still devoted, watching him. Yep. Very reminiscent of the uh, the crucifixion of Mary Magdalene mm -hmm. watching on. By the way, did you know that uh, this guy was uh, originally supposed to be played by George Harrison? No, but that would have been hilarious. Yeah, and you know what? I'm actually kind of glad that he didn't because then it would just be forever the the, be the weird Beatle movie. Exactly, because um, because uh, like I said, he uh, Yodorowsky broke into the film industry in like the late '50s and early '60s. Uh, then he made El Topo, which was kind of his second feature film where he actually finally 
sort of in his way said he found his groove. And one of the uh, the managers for the Beatles saw it and were like, this is amazing. Give this guy all of the money. And they basically <laughs> wrote him a blank check of like almost like almost close to a million dollars um, and said, make this. And then, you know, one of the Beatles, George Harrison, was like, I want in on this. But he was not OK with the what he called uh, the gratuitous amount of nudity in the movie. Yeah, there is a bit. <laughs> there is, but again, it's it's for a purpose. Well, but the, but in human history, you know, so often the the sexual has been tied with the spiritual. That if you're gonna make a movie indicting and examining the the pitfalls and dangers and prejudices that come with spiritualism, you really can't separate the two. No, no. Man, that is fucking amazing. I don't recognize all of those symbols, do you? No. Okay. But many. There are some, but not as Again, I really wish I had uh, more a couple more I can't tell you what this. they all mean, but I can tell you a lot of what religions they come from. Yeah. And then we have the man himself. God, it's it's nuts to think that this guy's still kind of kicking. <laughs> but yeah, so George Harrison just turned this down just because he just thought it was a little too gratuitous and whatnot. But um, in later years, I think he's like, he really enjoys this movie. And even Yodorowsky is like, man, I really kind of wish that we did get him because that would just get create a larger wor word of mouth. But oh, for uh, sure. but he had to dig his heels in about the... to. Uh, not compromise the ideologies and you know what i'm actually really glad that he did and the fact that it's not george because otherwise we would only see george harrison in this and we would be too distracted yeah. by the very well done uh symbolism and ideology that that's going on throughout this movie but uh i gotta do ask one thing do you know what the camel means i don't know what the camel means uh, I have no idea. No, <laughs> I have no idea what the camel means. It's interest. It's weird and interesting. So I'll go with you with it, Yodorowski. Also, can we just talk about the set too? <laughs> like, where well, the hell did I they mean, get I... this? Well, I think it's. I mean, it could be something symbolic of. Obviously, he the. The alchemist character here, you know, you know, the one being played by Yodorowsky, is clearly being shown um, to be of, you know, Eastern mysticism type persuasions. But when you have some of those other symbols and stuff around, I think it could be indicating that it's like there is also a level of the religions of the Middle East, such as, you know um christianity islam things of that nature Ju also uh things like judaism oh and of course here we have the chakras well right but there there's already a lot of the the judaism being represented in the the symbolism and, and the stuff on you know her yes and so i think it's just a matter of applying those that he's trying to represent all those areas right 
I know that's like clearly makeup, but it always kind of makes me cringe a little bit. Right. I don't understand the squid though. I'm not entirely sure what that what that's a reference to or if it's a reference to anything. Yeah. Then going back down. Oh, this sequence. And the fact that we've been basically without dialogue this whole time until, yeah. do you want gold? <laughs> now, this is the sequence that I really pitched this to people who haven't heard of it. I, I don't get the hippo. <laughs> I really don't. Under I know there's got to be something because there is a method. There is clearly a method to this madness, but I'm not entirely sure what it is. But, uh... Okay, I think this was also the scene that George Harrison's like, no. Right. <laughs> Especially with those, uh, I don't know what the hell those are. The, 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 the finger the thing? The fingers? Yeah, <laughs> like, you gotta have a lot of trust there. <laughs> but this is the sequence that I always try to, like, actually pitched it to people with. Like, there's a dude, I even remember uh, when... Uh, my fiance Katie saw this for the first time. She's just like, why? <laughs> but yeah, I was like, this, this is the sequence where I'm like, yeah, this is how weird it gets. A dude there. There's a dude who craps into a jar and a mystic with weird chemicals turns his shit into gold. Yep. <laughs> And you're like, oh, it's that kind of movie. Because <laughs> that's how I usually try to pitch it to, uh, to people. Is like, yeah, there's totally a dude who craps in a jar and an ancient mystic through weird forms of uh, uh, chemical experimentation turns his shit into gold. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> like, if you don't, if, if the poetry is, if, you, if that turns you off, then that's where you realize... Uh, t that you're like, I don't care about you. You clearly don't have my sense of weird. <laughs> now, I want to know if he actually did turn turn it to gold. <laughs> like, if there's a chemical... Like, if there's, like, a chemical thing going on here. I know this is mostly steeped in uh, in a religious kind of experience and whatnot. But I, well, I, I, also, yes, but it's also there's clearly some reference to drug use as well. In oh, this heavy, section, so big time. Also, can we talk about some of these props in this movie? Like half of these props, I look at them just like, look, I, I, I don't want to take away from what your message and what you're talking to about here because it is important. But can I just have these props because they're fucking weird and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is so strange, and I love it. But yeah, if you really don't get the uh, 
if if you talk if i were to pitch this to someone like it for just from just this scene and they don't really understand the poetry and the importance of turning one's shit into gold <laughs> and i don't want to talk to you <laughs> It's like that really great Stephen Wright joke where, uh, you know, it's like I was in, I was uh, in a job interview and then I took out a book and started reading. And the guy says, what the hell are you doing? So I stopped reading and I look at him straight in the eye and I'm like, let me ask you a question. If you're traveling in a car that's traveling at the speed of light and you turn your headlights on, does it do anything? The guy says, I don't know. And so I say, forget it. I don't want to work for you anymore. <laughs> genius right Stephen yeah. Wright's so good but yes you have turned your excrement is now gold no, See, it's, it's, he, he, it's the metho it's the metaphor it's like you are shit too but you can also be made into gold exactly and look if you don't get the if if the uh, the poetry of that is lost to you, then you might as well just give up on this movie because you're clearly not worthy of the holy mountain, and to take that climb. Also, I got to admire like because like I said before, you know we're dealing with a lot of deep philosophical and spiritual topics and whatnot, but he still keeps that level of absurdity. But can I also talk about how brave he is to not give a fuck? That the camera is clearly in frame. Right. He does not give a fuck. Now, granted, you know, in a room like that, it's really hard to change. And plus, you know, this is the days before you could just digitally erase that kind of stuff. But the fact that he's like, look, I'm this is the room that I'm dealing with. There's no actual angle that I can use that the camera wouldn't be visible. But I'm just going to try to minimize that. And just be like, fuck it. I don't care. I admire that level of bravery, actually. Oh, this shit. This is so cool. So how well-versed are you in tarot card reading? Because, again, I'm only... I've only done it a couple of times in my life, and like I said, I've, um, my sister and my fiance are a little bit better versed in it than I am. But do you have any not, experience? Not very. Uh, I'm aware of um, and have you know read about the major arcana and vaguely have a sense for what most of them represent. But beyond that, I I have no connection to tarot. Right. I couldn't tell you how readings work or what table position means or any of that kind of stuff. Right. Because, again, you, you know, especially to someone who's not educated, like uh, um, like even so, uh, both of us, arguably even, it's really hard to figure out what the hell you're watching. But if you cool. have, like, an understanding of things, you can actually be like, oh, okay, because I actually remember showing this to my former co-host Hannah and we're just sitting it down because I'm like you gotta see this weird movie it's amazing and while she was watching he's like oh I actually kind of first time around she hadn't seen anything any any clips yeah. nothing 
And she was like, oh, I actually get a lot of this because, well, you know, she studied art history in college. Right. It, it's a matter of if you know a lot of, you know, art history, if you know a lot of religious history of multiple religions, there are things to get. Oh, yeah. And a lot to unload. Yes. Because uh, it's amazing. This, this movie is almost 50 years old. And yet we're still here talking about it today. And honestly, I'm just really glad that it's starting to really start to pick up in popularity, um, especially in underground. Because that's because, as you know, we talk about that we're overly saturated with media and whatnot. And we really are. We really are. But it's really nice to know that movies that have been made long ago and forgotten are now being brought back up again to be watched and discussed and talked about. And this one is one of the more popular ones in the uh, the underground circuit, in the weird art house circuit, where you know, uh, <laughs> uh, idiots like us can enjoy and dissect it. I take it you also read about uh, Yodorowsky's prep, spiritual prep for this movie, right? Yes. It's kind of messed up, isn't it? Why don't you fill him in on it? Because it's, uh, it's a journey. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in preparation for this movie, uh, he spent a week without sleep under a Zen master's direction and lived yep. communally with the film's cast for a month. Yep. So they got to know each other real well, which is all I imagine yeah, there's... If also, if you don't know what what happens to a human body when it does not get sleep, yeah, it, it'll take you really weird places. Yes, it will. Believe me, I've I, I've and and this is beyond the levels of those late couple of nights in college, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. The movements of the camera, it, it's so simple. I know how it's done, but it's so cool to look at. And I really wish this kind of filmmaking would make a comeback. Maybe it will. Maybe it is out there and we just don't know about it. Because, you know, I always argue with my dad, like, oh, nothing. I love that just... suddenly we're getting into the planets. Oh, yes, the planets. These These sequences are so fucking cool. Every single one of them. It's amazing. Especially if you know, like I said, if you know the lore. Um, but I remember arguing with my dad, like, oh, my dad's like, oh, it's just all sequels, reboots, remakes. Hollywood doesn't have any new ideas, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, dad, are you kidding? Hollywood has more original, there is more original movies out there now than there ever has in the entire history of the medium. It's just that you don't hear about them because the major producers aren't willing to market them. Well, it's because the the major stuff they're going to market and that they're going to do, they are going to work on, um, they go by, you know, metrics and data analysis now. And so the stuff that they're going to promote and put out there to try to make the big money is the stuff that's going to have the highest chance for success, which unfortunately is established properties. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. I always, like, you have to understand that producing movies, it's gambling. It's high stakes gambling. That's what it is. And now we're reaching dangerously high levels of stakes with like uh, 
sorry there's a truck going by outside um but there's a now we're in we're gambling with the billions and that's kind of dangerous because it's one thing to be gambling with like a few hundred thousand dollars but now it's just mm. and it's weird because yodorowsky kind of touches on that kind of addiction to gambling and high stakes and high society and how anti-capitalist it is i guess that's another yeah. reason why i really love this movie now okay so we were talking a lot i forget what planet are we on now venus <laughs> okay that's right because yeah it's, i i it's, I'd, it's strange how what planet are we on as we watch this is not what the weirdest is this <laughs> well it's <laughs> yeah that's a great song um but it's weird to say that me asking that question is not the weirdest thing i could be asking about what's going on here <laughs> it feels perfectly in place within the context yep he picked you and now you are just another one at the back of the line mm-hmm way in the back it really is amazing that they got all these weird props to serve they made I, oh, all these weird props yeah they made all this stuff and got all all this for 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 this film and honestly i really want to know where half of it went <laughs> how cool would it be to have like a, a an original piece of prop from this movie <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah this seriously this is like this you, you'd be like man it's crazy how much of this stuff is still relevant isn't it Ugh. oh my gosh wow Welp. You know, I weirdly don't want to enough, go to a funeral with a moving corpse, but knock yourself out. Uh, yeah, because uh, although weirdly enough, if they could do that, they probably would. That's isn't that the most fucked up part? Really, is like when you really take a step back from this. If we could do this, we probably would, because human beings are really fucked up in that way. <laughs> And now I remember uh, th watching this and I'm like, oh, we're on Mars. Mars is always the best. <laughs> Mars is always. So, like, if you, have you ever listened to, uh, um, oh, God, what was it? Um, uh, the Planets by, uh, God, I should know this. Uh, Gustav Holst. Me cheating on Google. Um, but uh, I don't you, think have so. you. Have you ever heard of, uh, well, have you ever heard of uh, Gustav Holst's uh, uh, planetary um, uh, musical symphonies, like one for each planet? No. 
Oh, it's great. Uh, actually, Mars, there's a cue that John Williams totally took for Star Wars. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And by, by, and also, like, I've, I've listened to them all. Yep, Mars is still, like, the best because it's the bringer of war. So, obviously, it's really cool and bombastic. <laughs> um, so, that's why when I saw this, I'm like, oh, I'm beyond curious what Mars is. And, and I remember every, wa- time I, every time I see this scene, I'm just like, I want that suit in the middle. Oh, my God. Big lesbian energy here. Because, <laughs> yeah, I when I, it's a sharp suit. I want that sharp suit. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think I remember showing this to him and like, oh, my God. Uh, like my fiance was like, oh, my God, my uh, Mars is a black lesbian warmonger fuck yes this movie's awesome <laughs> who has a harem of male secretaries right literally like a pit <laughs> but this oh and the psychedelic weapons is really cool um now granted it really is like horrifying it's like kind of horrifying that they make the weapons as co- make them look as cool as they do right <laughs> because it's supposed to be all about the obscenities of war and how as you can clearly see that we literally lunge into war over and over and over in an almost fetishistic way right but then they talk about it's a drug that makes them want to do that through illusions of grandeur yeah because it's cool it's a cool idea but I'm also kind of weirdly disturbed how cool they make uh, the weapons look here. <laughs> She's arming peaceful protesters with psychedelic weapons. Yeah. That shouldn't sound cool, but it's so cool here. <laughs> like hell yeah almost (laughs) i want that gun so bad dude just get all three of them like don't don't let the the christianity because we've all seen the uh the 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 non-sploitation movies with that gun in almost every single one of them didn't like even robert rodriguez use that in machete at one point i think he might have i'm not entirely sure or Uh, something very close yeah i i could well i I know you know there was like please padre can you do this you want me to kill all these men yes i'll see what i can do (laughs) (laughs) such a we're gonna have to do machete sometime because that's such a big crowd pleaser forgive me father god forgives I do not. <laughs> but yeah, man, like, uh, going back to what I was talking about, Gustav, I'm actually kind of, uh, you know, when, when, when were the planets, r- excuse me, written? <clears throat> I'm, I'm just, uh, I love the architecture <laughs> of that house. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> oh, of course. They got on some crazy good locations. Because I believe all this was uh, in Mexico and whatnot. But, uh, so. okay, yeah. So, okay, so Gustav Holst was uh, in, like, the uh, late 19th, 19th century, early 20th century. So, 
the planets were written uh, but, uh, around World War One. I'm actually kind of surprised he didn't straight up just use that music in this to show off the, the various planets. I guess it wasn't psychedelic enough <laughs> for his taste. It was too classical and too rooted in the uh, uh, the tra more traditional ways of filmmaking that obviously he eschews from. Or maybe he just didn't know about them. Who knows? <laughs> like... Not every artist knows every other thing, you know? But how cool would yeah. it have been if uh, he actually got to use uh, Hulse the Planets in this? I'm going to have you listen to those afterwards because they're, they're, really they're really great music. So is it me or am I getting like vaguely Rudy Giuliani vibes here? <laughs> oh yes mass marketed art and how it's literally just bullshit but this is also a lot of the stuff that you know warhol was expressing at the time a little you know, bit was the yeah absurdity and the the ridiculousness of you know modern art and the commercialization of it yeah i mean he 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 obviously took advantage of it with his pop art but there was also a level of indictment of it yeah i think uh this is taking that indictment to its obvious conclusion oh, yes exactly and really going all out with it and i mean really all out because jesus <laughs> Imagine getting extras for this. That must have been a really interesting job interview. Oh boy. <clears throat> Eesh. That is one big ass dildo. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, like, and you know, you you think like, oh, why are you laughing? Like I said, this this shit can get funny every once in a while. It's supposed to be like, hilarious. what the hell? If you're not laughing, then you, you, I don't know if you're entirely getting the point of all this. It's supposed to be a little bit, just like. <laughs> <laughs> For rigid, oh my gosh. So <laughs> Someone had to build this, remember? Yes. <laughs> and is it also really weird that now you kind of want to ha have this in the sex dungeon that you don't own. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, 
Okay. I think that thing should have been wearing a condom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, this is probably one of our least commented on commentaries. Just because it all gets so bizarre that you're just like, well, I'm just going to watch this because well, again, what like more I, is there to say here? Well, like I oh, and of course the weird commercialization of Christmas... Because that's well, a fucked I mean, up thing in life. This really, this movie really does touch on all the shit that is wrong with people these days. Well, right, but you know, Saturnalis is a celebration that's always been associated with Saturn, and so when you look at this, is just taking religious celebrations to their absolute insanity. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, look, the Pope hat. Come on. Yeah, that's very true, and let's also be honest, like. This is, you know, it's weird how this is still relevant in a very, you know, art, artsy fartsy way. But this is very, res this is kind of Yodorowsky's rendering of a Macy's Day parade. Huh, yep. And like early Black Friday sales. Man, that's strange. But yeah, like I said before, because this the how this movie was made is really disinteresting, just because what is on display is so interesting. Now, is it me or is this like a commentary on the uh, uh, the Vatican? Oh, I mean, to a certain extent, but I mean, also when you look at this. You know, she's out there imploring the young, getting them on board. But then the old have fallen under her spell and are now her minions. Uh-huh. It's kind of, Hey, isn't that the, uh, the reverse clown makeup meme? <laughs> Also gotta love how she's literally cloaked by her her generals with yes. giant with elegant fur coats. Oh yeah, this is another thing that I know Yodorowsky's really uncomfortable with. The commercialization of toy guns and uh yeah. prepping kids for war, essentially. Yep. Cause Harmless as we make it out to be, that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah, a lot of people paint this as like a lot of surreal pictures and whatnot. This, however, is probably as down to earth as the movie gets. Yeah. Because this is not far from the truth at all. No, I mean, it's very much an indictment of the militarization of everything. And, of course, yeah, the military and uh, not only just the, the militarization, but the military industrial complex. Yes. 
which it really is prevalent throughout the all of uh, uh throughout it is a global thing it's not just in the u.s the u.s is just the most extreme example is because you know we literally have the budget to be the worst and most shameful example of that right Again, that that actually, man, Yodorowsky really was ahead of his time, because I know for a fact that that's that's early Facebook algorithming. You know. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Uh. Uh. Oh yeah, Captain Captain. <laughs> That's so dumb. But I mean, like every everything they talk about here is like stuff that's actually done by propaganda and other such things. Yep. Just all you know, all, take it to a hyper scale, and it's no. Uh. And that's really the greatest thing that satire can really do. Because it really isn't there to explore the nuances and the uh, it, like small microcosm of problems that certain issue people take issues with. It's to exaggerate the flaws in the grander scheme of the system to highlight yeah. to reveal greater truths. Yeah, and you and it's you know you can only do this kind of level of, you know, satire and indictment when you yourself have experienced the negative effects of it. Yep. Well, Oh, I love this one. <laughs> it's this is probably the weirdest one, and I know that Yodorowsky's really having fun with this one. Can we just talk about the set? What is this set? Can so can someone please talk to me about this set? <laughs> what is this movie? <laughs> It just gets so bizarre so fast. Well, it is Uranus, so... <laughs> I, like, not... I mean, pun aside, this historically always was associated with the weird people. <laughs> My God. I literally have nothing. I'm sorry. That, that <laughs> um, may be the most impressive Merkin I've ever seen. Although, weirdly enough, I can tell that these two are kind of living the best lives, life that they can live. You know? It's weirdly wholesome, but at the same time, I'm just like, 
What is I, I I literally have nothing, Sean. Yeah. I want I just... I really do want to figure out what the hell's going on here and what do these images mean. But in this scene I'm at a loss for words. And you know what? I'm kind of cool with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is a scene where I'm like I, I have... mean, part of my brain is just like, who let Divine write a segment? <laughs> But yeah, for real though, it's it, honestly this, like as as weird and messed up as it is, and as much as I don't really know exactly what's going on, the, there is one thing that does tie it all together, and it's how happy these two look. That's the one thing that actually kind of makes this really tolerable, and not just be like, what? Um, I don't know how to. Cause what? How how does this make you feel, Sean? Well, I mean, there just looked like there was half a corpse on the edge of that bed that I didn't notice before. There's the weird Napoleon like wall hanging earlier. I'm. It's like you're trying to get a grasp on what's going on here, and like while the other ones, you know, their allegories are very obvious. Here, you're just kind of like, what? what? <laughs> oh, how fucking cute is this? Knitting the snake, knitting the snake, a snake, a sweater. And I know we've seen it like that feels very, you know, normal nowadays. Um, Because, you know, we see a lot of people doing a lot of knitting and whatnot. And we've seen I've seen snakes and I've been on the Internet. I've seen a snake in a sweater. But I bet you what in 1973 that that kind of shit would never even occur to anyone. (laughs) Okay. Also, can we talk about how great that, what a great way that is to social distance from now on? <laughs> if you, if it's slacking, then we're not doing it right. <laughs> I forgot how poorly dubbed this was. Wow. This is clearly shot in a park or whatever, but can you imagine you're just like walking your dog and you turn and you see a film crew and you see all this shit? <laughs> and you just kind of look down at your water bottle and you're like, well, that's the last time I'm... Bu- I'm drinking from the tap. 
Sean, is it weird that I want cake right now? A little bit. <laughs> this is one of my favorite ones. Oh, this is, is it? so weird. Oh, right. So out there. Yeah, this this is this is vaguely I'm mad. The chief of police. <laughs> yeah, this is vaguely Mad Maxian almost. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it, isn't it just strange how that the, it's just oh like yeah the, the giant Tommy gun yes actually more uh, it would be more referred to as a Thompson they got really more called the Tommy gun when they had the circular drums yeah yep. I mean, obvi the obvious discomfort of this, but yeah, the ju the just absolute like, wow, somebody took Leather Daddy way too far. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah. Uh... Whoa. Okay, so it's the you're basically like... he's basically telling everyone that yo cops literally take away our balls. That is, dude. Why wasn't this at the forefront of the Blue Lives Matter shit? <laughs> like, no, seriously. Why didn't anyone any? Why wasn't there like a Reddit post about this? That went viral and made this movie a fucking sensation. Sean, we need to fix this. <laughs> this is what we're here for. We are here for Yodorowsky's uh, anti-authority figure kind of uh, ideologies here. Because we want people to live good lives and keep their balls. <laughs> Be them a literal or lady or otherwise. <laughs> but again remember we'll we'll keep it deep we'll keep it dark and we'll keep it sincere and weird but for the love of god we got to tell some jokes <laughs> damn Well, if this doesn't look familiar, it's a little sur it's it's a Dalian trip dream of June 2020, isn't it? Well, I mean, look, I mean the 
the cops are doing what to the populace? I also like how they don't actually bleed. They simply bleed paint. Or other weird things. My guess is they're symbolisms of uh, peace and progress. A lot of fruit. Yes. That was cool. There's so <laughs> much visual poetry in this. Because that's, I think, is another thing that this movie is so... But see, I mean, and now here he's being spiritual in the aftermath of his brutality. And I'm like, cops! For real. Like, they go home after, you know, participating in a riot and beating the fuck out of a couple of people, sending a couple to a hospital, and then they go home to read the Bible. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, that's so strange, because, like, this stuff is still relevant today. <laughs> is this still valid? His planet is Pluto. <laughs> well, again, remember, this was the 70s, so... And plus... No, oh. Not... <laughs> oh, gosh, oh, I forgot about the So, man, even he... Even he is detractive, is detractive of the mouse. Like, I've been saying it for years. Like, look, Avengers Endgame was fucking amazing. It was the, you know, big event of the summer. But for the love of God, Mickey Mouse, shut the fuck up and sit down. <laughs> enough. You have enough. Stop it. Because, you know, like, especially because Mickey Mouse tends to really i think there was this uh article that i read about the new trope of the evil cute like the cute mm. that distracts you from uh from taking away uh, that draws you in and uh uh makes makes you more susceptible to a more sinister kind of uh way of programming if that makes mm. sense yeah yeah, I'll have to. I, I I wish I could elaborate more. I'm terrible with words. I'm sorry for those who are listening to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there Disney really needs to be stopped. Yeah. Also love that you know again Yodorowsky is like, all right, look, I can't really get like a big banquet or anything, but I can get like a a basketball or volleyball stadium. So I guess that'll work. Because I'm, I'm sure he had in mind something a little bit more grand and elegant and whatnot. And it's not something as, you know, that's clearly just a giant college school that they allowed to shoot for a day. This! <laughs> Yo, this? <laughs> I'm just like, where we... Where the hell... Uh, okay. What this is Shades of Caligula, and I honestly don't know which came out first. Oh God, you're right. You're totally right. Uh, actually, I think Caligula might have come out before this. 
No, actually, no, I was wrong. Uh, Caligula was 1979, so Caligula oh. was after. You know what? Maybe like, maybe because that movie was so terrible that uh, <laughs> the uh, the director just kind of saw this movie in an underground circuit and was like, "Yo, some of this shit was really fucking trippy. Let's throw that in our movie." <laughs> Also, do you uh, have like little touches of Midsummer in here too? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Not gonna lie, I actually kind of want that as a bed. <laughs> like I but said, that, some of the but some remember, of the... that's not your bed. That's your apartment. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the time you're working in the factory. Yeah. Oh my god, that is so depressing. <laughs> right? Wow, that is dep that is not far off of some of the housing units. You know that you that you see and read about. Wow, that's terrifying. Oh yeah, I forgot. They totally had a helicopter just come in. Right in the middle of a bustling street in, in Mexico City or wherever this was. <laughs> Did you actually ever see Caligula? I'm curious. Yes. Oh, you years have seen and it? Years and years ago. I, I think I got about 20 minutes in and I just like, I can't. <laughs> I, I need I need some more it, friends to watch this with. I couldn't watch it alone. Yeah, it, it, it's out there. I mean, I'm not gonna not gonna deny that. Maybe for a future fucked up February, if we're feeling really obscene. But even I don't know about that because that is <laughs> that is a just heinous movie. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like trying to watch Cannibal Holocaust. You're just like, why? <laughs> At least with this, it's like, hey, look, we'll be weird and kind of heinous and whatnot, but we're here for a higher purpose. Right. And we're also here to show the uh, the things that are wrong with humans and their society that they've built and how that they could possibly be better. I wonder, you know, this makes really makes me think that whether or not if uh, um, Yodorovsky ever read Joseph Campbell's monomyth. Mm. I'm really curious if he has or hasn't, because 
I don't know if he has by this point. Because none of those tropes really appear right. in this. But I wonder if afterwards he ever like picked up a copy and read it. Actually, I'm actually curious when it was printed. Because I know George Lucas read it. Uh, okay, so that was uh, 1949. Right on. Man, this shit was so ahead of its time. Because I think, like, okay, so how many times have you actually seen this film? Uh, this is, I think, my third. Okay, yeah, this is my third, too. Um, and honestly, yeah, it's, it's crazy how ahead of its time it, this movie was. Yo, this is, this is fucking great. I always ha really hated the hated money because it's so trivial and boring. And to see this was kind of kind of amazingly jarring in the most um, in the best way. But don't you just and also can you we talk about how hopeful really this movie is? Because this is about... No, it, it really I is. Liked that the, I liked that the thief is still stealing. <laughs> and he's looking the most suspicious at any of them. But uh, you got, I really do love the idea that this, the, really this, what this story comes down to being about, it's about a god coming down to Earth and... Uh, coming to the greatest powers of the world and having them forego everything to uh uh to become to ascend humanity to a higher uh yes kill it uh but to ascend people to a higher purpose Dude, anytime Yodorowsky speaks, it's a it's like super hypnotic and riveting, isn't it? Yes. There's a reason why we don't talk when he talks. Cause this man is fucking brilliant. And now there's more of those statues, all on fire and melted, like weird wax statues. Yep. It's actually kinda of, again, like it's amazing to see that the mo the money towards this movie actually went towards the shit that you're seeing on screen. Oh yeah. And not just hollowed out in visual effects. I am a big advocate of practical effects. Agreed. Oh, that's so cool. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for visual effects when it is absolutely impossible to do practical effects. Yeah. But if you can do it, do it. Yep. I'm just, because, uh, again, I'm just, like, really humbled by this idea. Even though it'll never happen in a thousand years. Really, a hundred thousand years, actually. But that God comes down to Earth, whatever version of God you call it, comes down to earth and takes the most powerful people on the planet or representations thereof of the representing some of the worst of humanity and stripping them down and building them back up to something higher than themselves in order to elevate those uh that even the worst of us can become the best of us at least that's how I'm reacting to it. I don't know what is there anything overall or overarching thing that you experience personally? Um, or are you just really hypnotized by this process process here? Because I kind of feel it for it, you, dude. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched this, and this just looks like a very weird, primitive form of fire cupping, and I'm confused. I think this is their trials of withdrawal. Maybe. Ow. But yeah, I don't know if have you ever had like an overall arcing reaction to all of this? Just it's just one of those things where it's like there's it, so much is thrown at you that you're just kind of like, "Welp, okay." Like I I think it, you really stop having so much of an impact after a point just because it is so much. Mhm. Mm I like the hats in the background. It's mystic. It's mystic juice. Of course, it's not going to taste good, right? Oh, and I love the our. Uh, She's not, still following. Yeah, the not Mary Magdalene character, who does have like a big, uh, bit for later. Yeah. There is a reason to all this. There is a method to the madness of Yodorowsky. And honestly, I really wish I had a couple more very educated people, both in terms of history, religion, philosophy, and spirituality. Because if we have all those minds together to decipher what the hell Yodorowsky was talking about, I bet we could come up with some really great ideas and have an even better appreciation for this than ever before. Yeah, why why did they become orange? I'm I'm still just like <laughs> there cuz and you know there's a meaning behind it. Yes. 
Now this is vaguely Christian. The uh, the the spear in the side, and yet I don't know. Is this like a a, a Zen or a yoga exercise? Because I know I that they were. I have no idea. I know that they were practicing that. Even the cinematography lends itself to really great mood and atmosphere. Because using those fast shutter speeds to create that staccato in the, the movement. Mm -hmm. And plus, I can tell they also really exaggerated the colors later in post. So like a seeing eye dog, I think. Yeah, so we have talked about how this movie is kind of an acid trip. This is the bad part yeah. of the trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that I thought was a really cool imagery. I don't know what it means, but I like the because. The, but that's that's another thing is like half the time I really don't know what the mean the meaning of the specific meaning of images and sounds that they're doing here, but. I have enough of, I think, of a uh, a poet's instinct to kind of feel the essence of it, even if I can't explain it. Are you kind of feeling that, too? Uh, a, a bit. I mean, you get some of the stuff they're saying, but at the same time, you're... It's a weird line to cross, I think, because, like I said, it, it, it's... I'm not, I don't, I mean, there are times where it's very clear as to what he's talking about and whatnot, but there are other times that I'm not entirely sure. And that's usually just because I'm not quite educated enough. Um, but the poetry is still not lost to me, or at least that sense of poetry, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely, he creates a feeling, even if it's not in something you can articulate exactly that's i think that's the best way to do that because this ritual i have no idea what the hell is going on but i'm in <laughs> like i have no idea what the hell is going on for in in these scenes but i'm still like you know what i'm fucking in just keep on going let's see where this let's see where this goes i think even uh um when i was watching this with uh um my fiance i was just like yeah, do you know what's going on? Yeah, I don't know what's going on either, but I want to see where this fucking goes.
Yo, this is intense. <laughs> this is vaguely Buddhist, isn't it? I think so. I mean, definitely the eschewing of earthly possessions, I, I think, is definitely more of the Eastern ideologies. Yes. This movie is really a great marriage of both Eastern and Western philosophy and religions. And I, yes. think, that's, I think that's what makes this really great, because it truly is a universal uh, experience. And notice right here that I'm pretty, fairly certain that the thief has been missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only uh, the the. Uh... It's the eight there, but he's the ninth, like and the and the guru, like the yeah. thief was not in that moment. Yep. Well, though now they're all on the uh, the, the yes. top. And I think this is this. I think this became like the big poster image, for a while. That is a fucking cool shot. Yes. And now that they are cleansed, they are ready to go to the mountain and achieve ultimate enlightenment. But of course, along the way, there's going to be a lot of temptations. And I remember the, how visceral this sequence was. Oh yes, the uh, the Christ thing of yep yeah, that shit was really visceral. Truth be told, he's not wrong. I think it reminds me of uh, an old saying, Christ turned water uh, uh, wa water into wine, but only the small supply. If he did it to the oceans, we'd all be a pl we'd be a planet of drunks. There's a whole conversation to be had about that, actually. I know, right? But that's uh, that that's not what I was talking about. Oh, well, what do you mean? Do you, do you know why he turned the water to wine? Oh, uh, it was because they had none. They had no wine. Well, no. They asked him to because they were out of wine. However, the purpose at that time, if they ran out of wine, they would have had to interrupt the part of the marriage where the couple were literally off in bed for the first time. Mm. So his mom's basically like, can you please let them bang longer? <laughs> and so he's like... It's 
not time yet. She's like, come on. He's like, all right, here's some wine. And he did it from the cleaning jars. So, yeah. like, that were used to wash people's feet. Yep. So, it's just like, in this, like, first of miracles, you see him okay with a couple enjoying the marriage bed, okay with making some exceptions. Oh, like, it's a whole thing. Like, yeah. It's very showing how subversive this man's going to be. I mean, that's the oh, whole Oh, and, 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 and finally, this man enters again. Yes. Because remember, in the early part of the film, when, you know, our Christ protagonist was left out in the middle of the street to die under a, a vat of uh, bugs in his, own, in his own excrement, he saved him and rescued him. Yes. A real friend. But. But, yeah, he can't hold on to him because that's something he needs to let go like they said you need to let go of your friends your family everything yep. although how fucking terrifying is it for this poor guy to be thrown into the water right because i don't think he can swim Although I think that's why they elected to do it like this. Yeah. Although I think uh, I remember reading that uh, they actually did try to jump in. They they all tried to jump into the ocean to as a, a kind of cleansing sort of yeah, ritual. Yeah, and they all started drowning. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the crew was try too busy trying to rescue them. So they wound up just like cutting that pit out. Yeah, they, they couldn't even keep good. They, they, they didn't get good footage because the crew just had to try and save them. <laughs> so this is why you got to remember, this is this is all movie, man, and this shit all has to be done practically. The turtles. How did you, how did he get here? The sea turtles did. <laughs> sea turtles, mate. <laughs> But yes, now that we've gotten to the island, to the Holy Mountain, we have to deal with all the uh, the false prophets. The the final distractions before they can reach it up top. <laughs> oh yeah, don't don't you also love how badly dubbed he is? Even from the wide shots, you can you can tell that this was all just dubbed in post. But again, don't care because it's the ideology that's supposed to be there and plus is bad dubbing the weirdest thing you've seen in this movie really oh, not even not even close exactly so i don't care oh <laughs> uh, pork You know, it's really it, it takes you a moment to realize that these people are actually having a party in their in a graveyard Right. Because they got upbeat music. It looks like a really good time. And then you realize, hey, wait, oh, oh, they're literally dancing on graves. That's kind of fucked up. Oh, yes, the, the false prophets. 
Yes, there are so many. The ones that want to be truly enlightened and have a better life, but have a skewed version of what it really needs to be in order to really progress. And therefore, they become either lost in their own deceit or just spreading deceit <laughs> to others. <laughs> Is it weird that that lady next to him uh, vaguely reminds me of uh, David Bowie? Between the hair and the, the outfit... Although I'm surprised David Bowie wouldn't have been involved in something like this. I'm, I can see. And from what, after what you said, <laughs> I like that this is in here because he's also not afraid to indict things he himself enjoys. Yeah. This is kind of him, like, denouncing the whole stoner culture of, like, getting high just for, you know, just to party and to feel good and yes. have that baselessness of the spirituality. Because, oh. <laughs> the fact that they have the slide whistle just shows that this is, this is, this is silly, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually another really great commentary is like you know there are those who claim that they have conquered conquered themselves but they failed to they but they they, they failed to do what is truly necessary they right <laughs> they, it's only a half victory for them there's so many things you can really read into oh yeah I forget which mountain, you know, I'd ask uh, which mountain Yodorowsky actually chose as the location for this, but does it really matter, actually? Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so. Although, there is one question that's always kind of uh, um, baffled me a little bit, and it's their uniforms. Yeah. The blue uniforms always did have a were a bit of a question mark for me. Cuz honestly, I feel like it only is there to ease into the uh, the final absurd joke of the film, right. the big climax cuz <laughs> when you uh <laughs> Well, that's one way to make love to a mountain. Um Yeah, and it's like and we're back to this again. Yep. But uh, uh, honestly, when you look at it, it's like, yeah, these they're film crew set. Uh, it, it's it's a film crew costume that they're all wearing. Yeah, that's the only that's the only thing that I can see because maybe it's just me, but as a Star Wars nerd, I'm also thinking about the uh, 
the crew uniforms that they wore on uh, in Norway when they were shooting the Hoth sequences for Empire Strikes Back. Have you seen those? No? I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. They're, like, really, really famous in terms of, like, Star Wars lore. Uh, that, that's just me. I, I You can't... Even in a movie like this, you can't... I, I can't shut up about fucking Star Wars. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they uh, they had these... The crew ha had actually really distinct u blue uniforms that they uh, had out... That, that they wore out in the snow in the middle of Norway when they were shooting uh, Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of become, like, a... A sort of deep cut fan favorite thing to dress up as. Gotcha. But, yeah. I guess again, I I just can't fucking escape my love of Star Wars. <laughs> even in, even in a movie so weird and so spiritual and so amazing. I don't know. Maybe it isn't that strange because Star Wars is kind of a lifestyle. <laughs> even <laughs> though it is cumulated by the fucking capitalist mouse it is today. It's uh it's so strange. We're gonna have to do a whole another podcast about just Star Wars and the weird relations we fans have with it. But enough of that. that. Let's let's go back to Yodorowski because this guy is. And now there's a tiger. Oh yeah, we gotta have a tiger. And I like that it's almost like the scene I tiger. Yeah. Just just be glad that Joe Exotic is nowhere to be seen. Thank God. <laughs> oh, I love the symbolism here. The fact that the horses are out in the middle of the open, but they're all stuck and can't move. You know, this reminds me of the wish, like, I wish I had, uh, the, the man who wished for a million pieces of gold and was pelted by them until he died. Right. <laughs> Jesus. If I remember correctly, I feel like this was the, uh, the sequence where they go through all each other's fears and anxieties. Again, we're back to the uh, the bad drug trip part yeah. of the movie. <laughs> you know, I've seen weirder things in movies, honestly. You know, there was actually a, uh, uh, a college film of mine that... It wasn't mine, but it was a colleague, a very well-respected colleague of mine. Um, but he had, he totally put in a uh, a clip of uh, uh, horse sex in it. Hmm. I miss those days in college when you can get weird like this. Also, when that's the other thing that this movie teaches us to do is we need to confront jesus we need to <laughs> you need to confront jesus what did no you we do? need to we need to sorry i just got really taken aback by that um but 
we need to confront the things that make us uncomfortable. Because you notice a lot of films these days tend to be tend to be afraid of emotions and things that make us uncomfortable. Like, ooh, it's going to be just a little taboo. Like, oh, horror just uh, it's just going to be the right amount of scare. It's not really going to go all the way and truly disturb us on levels right. like this. Also, what are you screaming for, sir? Those things are fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just like, but don't you have noticed that as a trend these days is that we're we're really not interested in telling stories that make us truly uncomfortable because we don't we just don't want to deal with it. Because honestly, a movie that takes advantage of the of these kinds of things. Oh God! The, yeah, this moment you're like, what? Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> Actually, I feel like that's almost like because like I was talking earlier about uh, Yodorowsky's, um difficult childhood i feel like that was him venting a little bit about his father hmm. maybe maybe i'm wrong i don't know that's just my vague interpretation but uh yeah i don't know it's just oh this okay then but yeah, did you do you notice a trend of movies nowadays just not wanting to deal with anything uncomfortable or taboo or deeply internal? Like, do you notice that how it's just become like this almost uh, vague echo of movie tropes? Or is that just me? Oh Jesus! I mean. I can understand what you're saying. It's there's, I think there's just so much. I think people have a much higher desire for success. And so they're not willing to take the weirdo risks, not even thinking that that might bring them success. Yeah. Still, I'm, I just wish more shit like this exists in the first place. Yeah. Cause even, you know, really wonderful artists who aren't recognized but still make films. They don't have this kind of bold sense of poetry. At least not from what I've seen. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong if they're, if they're out there. If you're even listening and you have this kind of crazy vision about confronting the deep recesses of our minds, then please... Come to us, and hopefully we'll, well, we'll have a couple of drinks and discuss this. <laughs> so, th this is one of the points of the movie that I love, though. Oh the yes, the fact that an exception is made for for genuine love. Yes, like he, that is equally valuable to this journey, and I'm like, I love that. Yes, ideology. that's that's a wonderful thing, and the fact that it was building up to that this whole time, of course. 
what it was really building up to is probably one of the most insane endings to a movie I've seen ever. I could not believe what I was looking at when I saw this. <laughs> and right here, where he go, where he just like does the the stupid face. I'm like, Alejandro, are you totally just like trolling us? Are you trolling us this whole time? And he kind of was, but oh, this is so weird, <laughs> and I love it. I love this ending. This could. This is probably one of the best endings you could ever think for a movie like this. <laughs> it's so amazing. The great secret to immortality is film. Film lives forever. And, it, and he's totally right, too, because, like, if you ever if anyone out there has ever made a movie, they know mm -hmm. what a bitch and a half it is to make. And we constantly re reassure ourselves as we're making this, basically cutting ourselves open, trying to get it done. We're like, look, pain is is temporary. Film is forever. No. It is a film. Zoom back camera. Oh my god. <laughs> so good. What? Unbelievable. He just breaks the fourth wall and said, look, this is just a film. You have to go out and relive your own life. That is the pastor equivalent of <laughs> saying the, the, se the session is over. Go in peace. Because <laughs> that's what this movie really is. Like, can you imagine in like the 70s sitting there in a movie theater with a bunch of people you didn't know? And then he says this, and you just walk out of the theater. Oh yeah. You you feel you would feel like a a, a lapsed Catholic, uh, <laughs> going to an incredible sermon, and then coming out uh, with everything coming back to you in a weird sort of way. So yeah, that's the Holy Mountain, you guys. One of the great weird masterpieces and you know i third time this is my third time watching it and i still fucking love it um i so, but and the and you know and now that i realize that the more i'm watching it the more i'm picking up on what yodorovsky's saying and the more i appreciate him and the more i respect him not just really as an artist but as the insane fucking madman that he is but uh, I don't. Well, I mean, there's just. I think there's a lot of layers to uh, this film. I mean, that, that's not even think. There are a lot of layers yes. to this film, and that's one of the most enjoyable things about it. Because the more you learn about different things in life, the more perspectives you can take from this movie. So Absolutely. It's a movie that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend revisiting too often. No, but no, no. At no. the same time, um, 
I don't think there's anything problematic in you know revisiting it every you know so many years just because you'll you'll pull something different from it. I mean, yes, there's the the very obvious things about you know imperialism and capitalism and and religions and the the dangers thereof and the faults of humanity and all these as, things as we're saying you know authority all, all this stuff's in there but there's a lot of other smaller subtler things that are also going on that you can take from this or yeah. that might pop up to you so it, it definitely has enough nuance and layers to keep you interested and what's wonderful perpetually. yeah and what's wonderful is because they're painted so weirdly and s with such um disassociative uh uh brush strokes if you will that you can graft on entirely new meanings of things to, um you know things that oh, even thought, sure. thought of like i'd like to see uh you know probably in like you know 2073 when this movie has its 100th anniversary i really want to know what the people are going to take from this like maybe maybe one day there'll be like an entire documentary just for the interpretation of this movie sort of like how you know, Room 237 got released about just interpretations of The Shining. Be, uh, you know, the either if they're totally valid or just absolutely batshit insane. <laughs> you know? So I mean, it's just interesting to see all the perspectives and reactions to this one film. It is, but unfortunately... I, I, I don't even know how to say this. I don't think you're going to get something like that towards this movie until a lot of the big themes this movie indicts um are actually indicted or moved away from within uh mainstream society which is not currently happened if anything we have still we have just kept down that same road suffered under the same yoke and are worse than ever yeah and so i think that you know I think the reason this movie holds up and is still such a valid piece that people enjoy is because it calls out a lot of stuff that I think people are are much more aware of now or not necessarily even that, uh, that or necessarily it's how do I put this, that younger people have now become aware of mm -hmm. uh, that may have been lost for a generation or two there um, as Maybe. You know, society moved in the direction it did. So, well, you know what? Uh, Who knows? Maybe because you know, like our generation has become like you know known as like the most overly educated and overworked generation in history. So maybe in about fifty years, when we're all super fucking old, maybe we'll be showing this to people and talking about it. Or who knows? Because honestly, even. Because the, the themes and the ideal ideologies and the it, just all of it, it was kind of relevant hundreds of years ago, even. <laughs> so well, yes, but it's I, I don't know. I think it's a matter of you know a lot of the. It's not that they weren't relevant, but things are not perpetual. Things reach a climax. Things have a half life. Okay. Yeah. And. You know, I think a lot of the dangers and stuff he's talking about and the things he indicts in this movie um, are very much at a point where it's like, yeah, they're still relevant, but it's becoming even more relevant as people are looking at the, the damage it's wrought and the things it has done to people 
Um, you know, and I, I think that's true not only of, you know, with certain religions and the way they've been handled, but also very much in the way that, you know, capitalism, militarism, imperialism, all these kind of things Colonialism. have been dealt with. And, yeah, and so I think this movie, because, you know, obviously it does a whole lot of things, but because those indictments are very obvious and front for front and center in this movie as well as a lot of other stuff but because those are here um i don't think this movie's ever going to stop being relevant yeah like, that's why it's always going to find new audiences because it is pointing out the kind of stuff that is still happening i guess all i can say in the end is i really hope by 2073 when this movie turns 100 years old that it's going to be revered as the uh the thing that it was trying to be in the first place you know because i think that's the... one can only hope yeah I, I i understand what what you're saying there and yes that would that would be a good thing yes i mean right now it's already starting to gain traction and i and you know it took uh you know about 50 years for it to really become kind of mainstream but not really so maybe, you know, another 50 years, it'll have, like, this big resurgence of some kind. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it might be it might be overly optimistic of me <laughs> just because I love it so much. But we'll, only time will tell. So maybe if I'm still doing this 50 years from now, we'll come back and do a hard revisit <laughs> on it. Uh, ho well, hopefully we, we both live till then. I think the important point, though, is... Um, for a movie that, you know, was not something big budget, mainstream, successful of its day, uh, to still be being talked about almost 50 years later in and of itself is, you know, very notable. Yes. How many movies from 1973 are people still talking about? Especially ones that were, that didn't do well. Yeah. That's, that's the real key. Because, you know, there... Because remember, uh, the, set in the early 70s, that was kind of the uh, the forming of the new Hollywood era. You know, that's where we got The Godfather and, you know, other really great movies like that. Uh, and it was kind of a golden age for artists to really express themselves because, you know, the, the old studio heads of the golden age were retiring and now the corporations are taking over. Corporations didn't know what the fuck they were doing. So like, you, 20-year-old art uh, film student, make a movie. We'll pay you. Right. Go. Do it. I wish I missed those. I, I wish I was around for those days. I really do. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's why we had the new Hollywood era. And this was kind of in that same area, but not really. Like, it was clearly its own thing. But what, But the point is, is that, uh, yeah, we need more movies like this. And uh, I really hope that it's going to have the... Uh, real cult fault like a true mass cult following in another 50 years from now so we'll see well i think it's it's kept enough of a cult status for long enough that it's not going anywhere and as yeah. i said because of yeah. the the stuff it touches on i think it's going to stick around um so yeah it, it's very much a film that you know has an importance and i don't think is i mean gosh if only from the fact that it will be revisited in you know film history classes alone yeah it's not going to go anywhere <laughs> i agree it's going i think this movie is going to 
be around for a long time, even if it is under only, you know, weirdos and freaks like us. <laughs> right. So, well, but, you know, it's that's also one of the ever changing things, though, because while the people who may first find it are the weirdos and freaks, every weirdo and freak does tend to have some normal friends that they will then show it to. Damn right. And that's what we're here for. So honestly, I think we can wrap it right there because next next week we got uh, t we actually got two movies from Daniel Radcliffe and one of them, this next one, I dude, I can't tell you how fucking excited I am about this. It, I, this exists. Okay, you guys, it exists. Daniel Radcliffe plays a farting corpse in an Oscar-worthy performance. An Oscar-worthy <laughs> performance of a farting corpse. This is real. That is going to be next week. We are going to get fucking weird. And I really... Oh, I, I can't wait. For real. Are you excited, Sean? Because I'm excited. Oh, very much so. Fuck yeah, dude. So, real, well, thanks a lot for all y'all have been listening. Hopefully you guys weren't, aren't totally turned off by the weird and freaky stuff that we like. But uh, we'll be back for more and freaky deaky stuff. Uh, not not too sexy, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> don't want to scare you scare y'all away. But uh, we'll be back next week with uh, Swiss Army Man. It's gonna be a really fun time. And maybe maybe we'll have one more weirdo. Uh, have Daniel Radcliffe give one more weirdo appearance. But that's for next week. So uh, in the meantime, I've been Sean. Er, wow. <laughs> <sighs> you know what that's you know what let's just run with that i'm not cutting that out we are stanking with that from for, just for <laughs> fucked up february i'm gonna be calling myself sean and you can call uh, and i'm calling you tim just to make it weird <laughs> i'm not cutting that out <laughs> okay so on that note this has been Never Watch Alone, where you'll never have watched a movie alone again. Peace.